are starting a new series called Tis the Season. Tis the Season. And my sermon title today is Tis the Season to be Thankful. Tis the Season to be Thankful. And most of us, we just got done with Thanksgiving. And we probably, all of us in this place, ate way too much. I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I love, I like even traveling for the holidays. We just went up to Tulsa, so it wasn't too far of a drive. You know, right when your kids are ready to get out of the car, you're done. You know, you're there. Uh, and, and it was just a really good time. I like getting together with my family, and um, I'm thankful to see some of my distance family, and I'm glad that they're distant. Um, some of you understand that statement real clearly. Uh, but uh, it was just a really good time. I, I love the aspect that you get to eat as much as you possibly can put in your mouth. Um, as, as, if you can keep shoving it, there's still food there to, to shove in. Um, and and the, my favorite part, I think, about Thanksgiving, well, not my favorite, but one of, is, is like after you're done eating, they still leave the food out. And you get to graze like a cow after that. You know, you get to go by the table and keep eating and keep eating. And I think that's what made me miserable this past time because I could promise you I thought my any belly button was going to be an Audi after all the food I ate. Um, I was just like, this is way too much. I like watching football afterwards. It was, it was just a great, 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 great time. And, and I like Thanksgiving because it like kicks off Christmas, you know, and you get to eat all this food all over. You get to gorge yourself again, but with presents this time too included, you know. So you're fat and happy and you're getting things. It's great, you know. It's, it's a good time. And I love the food, love the food. Um, but there's one thing I love the most about Thanksgiving food-wise. And I like the turkey. I mean, I, it's not Thanksgiving to me without turkey. And we had some smoked bologna with some barbecue on it. It was really um, victorious. It was good. Um, Ed, I, I love that. I love mashed potatoes and turkey gravy. Whoo! My Mimo's turkey gravy is good. And I might make the little pond, you know, so you can get as much gravy on your plate as possible without it spilling and touching all your vegetables and making them all nasty. Um, and I, I, but I absolutely, if there is like a, a like holy grail of Thanksgiving for me, it is my Mimos dressing. My Mimos dressing is absolutely the best thing I have at Thanksgiving. And if there's one thing I go for, and this is some of her dressing, and you're not going to get any. This is not going to be the fish and loaves sermons that, that you know, you heard Jesus do. Um, but this, this is amazing stuff. This is just, this, this makes me happy when I walk in. Because this is Thanksgiving to me when I walk to my Mima's house. And so today I thought that we would just stop and we would give you the recipe to my Mima's cornbread dressing. Because it is delicious. And she does this by memory. So she made this recipe up for me and it's really, really good. The recipe to my Mima's cornbread dressing that's in your bulletin is this. It's eight cups of unsweetened crumbled cornbread, eight cups of dry bread, five eggs, one and a half cups of chopped celery, one and a half cups of chopped onion, two to three tablespoons of sage, salt and pepper to taste, turkey broth. You bake that bad boy at 350 degrees for 40 minutes and bing, you've got perfection um, coming out of the oven and Justin has a smile on his face. It is, it's just, it, it's great. I love it. But here's the thing I understand about my Mimo's dressing is why her recipe to me is flawless. <laughs> it has no faults. Um, is that you put one wrong ingredient in this thing that's not supposed to be in there, 
You throw vinegar in this, and it's going to taste nasty. It's going to taste, uh, me and my Meemaw are going to have to have a discussion. You know, if she puts vinegar in there, we're going to be like, hey, Meemaw, you know, what's, what's going on? We're losing the touch here, you know. Um, because that ingredient wasn't intended to be in here, but what it's done is it's made this dressing taste the way it wasn't intended to taste by putting another ingredient in it. And I think how that's so true of our lives, so many times, God has made us to be thankful, thankful people, to have a gracious attitude, to have a good attitude. And so many times, if we're not careful and if we don't watch it, we'll let things creep in, we'll let attitudes come in, and all of a sudden we are living our lives the way that it was that God didn't intend it to be. We we're, we're leaving kind of cranky and upset and unthankful. And, and it's because we've allowed some things to be added to our lives that were never intended to be there in the first place. And so today I want to talk to you about how to be a thankful person 365 days out of the year. Because how many of you know it's, it's, it's not enough to be a thankful person one day out of the year? God's created and intended us to be a thankful person every day, whether there's turkey and dressing there or not. And so today I want to talk to you just for a few moments about how to become a more thankful person. And the first way is this, is don't play the comparison game. Don't play the comparison game. Philippians chapter 4 verses 11 through 12 says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I read this scripture, and this is some of the, the hardest couple of scriptures to live out in life. They are just hard scriptures to really, really live out, to learn contentment, whatever your circumstance. And I think the reason it's hard is because we start playing the comparison game. We compare all the toys we have to the toys other people have at such an early age. I remember when I was a little kid, I collected Star Wars figures. Um, I know all of us had like little toys that we were into, and, and Star Wars for me, was it. And I still like Star Wars to this day. Um, I don't go around like to the Star Wars conventions and dress up like a big Wookiee and, and call myself Chewbacca and growl at people or anything like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going out there and do it. But I really loved Star Wars. Some of you are picturing me dressed up as Chewbacca and it's, yeah. Um, but I remember my parents and my grandparents and aunts and uncles, every time, what do you want? I want Star Wars. I want Star Wars. I want Star Wars. I had a pretty good collection going on. I mean, I had a couple of action figures and, and you know, little figurines, probably five, ten, somewhere in there. I had a Darth Vader case to carry, you know, all ten of them in. And even though it held 50, I, you know, I put all ten in. I was like, yeah, you know. I had a Millennial Falcon, and I had played with it so much. Millennial Falcon's a ship for all of you non-Star Wars people. Um, um. But it was a ship, and, and you fly it around, and it's missing half the stickers because I played with it so much. And I thought, man, this is, this, is, this is pretty okay. You know, I've got a pretty decent collection going on. And then I went over to my neighbor's, Brian. Brian had every figurine 
made. Every, every action figure, he had the extras from the movie. The people that didn't even have a name on the outside of the carton. I mean, he just had them to have them. I mean, I was like, what is this? Where are you from? You know, um, he had every ship that was ever made, had every scene that was ever done, had every action figure with every cape, with every lightsaber. I lost my lightsaber with Darth Vader and put a red toothpick in there, you know, and playing with a ghetto lightsaber that would poke you too hard if you got too crazy with it. And, you know, Brian's over here with, you know, all the, all the right figurines. I mean, he had, he had the coolest thing. He, his, he had a huge Ewok village. It like took up the whole dining room table and you couldn't buy this thing. His mom made it. She made it from scratch. I'm like, can you say spoiled brat? You know, I was like, who are you? And all of a sudden I started looking all that Brian had and I started looking at what I had. I was like, man, I got a janky old Darth Vader case with Darth Vader ain't got us. You know, a, a lightsaber and a cape. And, you know, I got some janky old millennial falcon that's missing half the stickers and makes some dumb noise, you know. And there's Brian over there, and he's got all these things, and his, he's got so much better toys and all these other things. I mean, he's a true Star Wars fan. I'm just a novelist, you know. I was, I was, I was looking at all he had and what all I had. And you know the only difference between being a kid and being an adult is? is that the toys just get bigger and more expensive. That's all it is. And a lot of us, we're caught up in the comparison game. And can I tell you something? When you start playing the comparison game, it'll give you a case of the wells. It'll give you a case of the wells. Some of you have had it before. Some of you, probably almost all of us, know people that have a case of the wells. And it goes something like this. Well, I'd be happy too. I drove the car they had. Well, I'd be happy too if I, if I had the house that they lived in. And did you see their carpet? It didn't have any stains, any marks on it. I mean, look at that. They got clean carpet. You know, mine's all stained up from kids dropping juice and milk all over and crumbling crackers in the, in the carpet. You know, I'd be, well, I'd be happy too. Well, I'd be happy too if my wife could cook like that and would treat me like that and would look like that. No, I'd be happy too if my husband was, was romantic like that and treated me like a lady. And, you know, well, I'd be happy too if I just had a man. Well, I'd be happy too if I just had a woman. You know, I would be happy and we start coming up with the case of the wells. And playing the comparison game and getting the case of the wells all of a sudden we start focusing on what everybody else has and we forget to be thankful for what God has blessed us with. And there's so many of us, if this morning we can turn our focus from what everybody else has and start looking at, man, look at what God has blessed me with. You'll find you have some awfully huge things to be thankful for. The Bible says this in Philippians 4.8. It says, And now, brothers, as I close this letter... Let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. And, and I want to read that last sentence again. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. 
Because a lot of times I think we get caught in the comparison game and we start thinking about all that we don't have and we think all that we need to pray to God for and we, need, we think about all the things that we need God to do and you need to come through and you need to give us this and you need to do that and he becomes this genie and we're just like, well, I need this and this and this. And we never stop and think about all that we can praise God for. And today, can I just encourage you in this place, take some time, take a step back from all the needs and look at all that you can praise God for. There's a poem that I read online that I want to read to you that's so fitting to this point. It says, I am thankful for the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. The clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. My shadow who watches me work because it means I'm out in the sunshine. This is one I need help with. A lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home. The spot I find at the far end of the parking lot because it means I'm capable of walking. My huge heating bill because it means I am warm. All the complaining I hear about our government because it means we have the freedom of speech. The lady behind me in church who sings off-key because it means that I can hear. Don't look behind you right now. The piles of laundry and ironing because it means my loved ones are nearby. The alarm that goes off in the early morning hours because it means that I'm alive. The weariness and aching muscles at the end of the day because it means I have been productive. What a great train of thought to take away today. Because here's the deal. A lot of times we think, well, I would just be thankful if I came to this point in my life. And if I could be over here, man, then I would have everything that I want, everything that I need. I would have that position. I would have that job. And then I could be thankful. But God's telling us, you know what? Here's where you are. Don't have conditional thanksgiving. Don't be thankful if. Be thankful because God has done All of these things in your life. Be thankful because God has richly blessed you right where you are. You're not there. You may want to be there, but be thankful for right where you are. The second thing to becoming a more thankful person is this, is learn to be thankful in all circumstances. Learn to be thankful in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Everybody say the word all. Man, that is a hard, hard word. All circumstances. I wish God would have told Paul to put in, you know, give thanks in some circumstances, because that would have been a whole lot easier to live out. I even wish that, you know, Paul would have put in, you know, give thanks in the circumstances you feel like giving thanks in. But he didn't say that. He said, give thanks in all circumstances. And if I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances, that means, man, giving thanks in all circumstances, that I have to be thankful for the car that I have, even though it may not be the car that I want, the year, the make, the model, it may make noise, it, it may, may, everybody may be able to hear me come around the block, it may not be that Lexus that I was desiring, it may be on the opposite spectrum of it, but it means, you know what, I'm thankful because my car gets me from point A to point B, even though it overheats two times on the way there. That's what being thankful in all circumstances is. 
Being thankful in all circumstances means, you know what? I'm thankful for the apartment, the house that I have right now. It may not be as nice as I want. It may not be like my friends. It may not be like my mom and dad's. It may not be like all these other people. But I realize it's a whole lot better than living out in the cold. Being thankful in all circumstances. Being thankful in all circumstances, it means this isn't against you, mom and dad. My mom and dad are here today. But being thankful for your parents whether you're an adult or you're a teenager or you're a child, being thankful for your parents, whether they drive you nuts sometimes, whether they tell you what to do even though you are on your own and paying all your bills, being thankful in all circumstances, being thankful for your children, parents, whether they drive you nuts with the decisions they're making, whether they don't listen to a word you say, whether they've blown it and made some huge mistakes, being thankful in all circumstances, being thankful that you, you, you're single and by yourself today, being thankful in all circumstances. And it's such a hard lesson to learn. And I'm learning this lesson more and more. As I'm closing today, I am learning that, you know, God's really working on this with me. The other day, like a lot of you, I have some family history with health problems and different situations and circumstances that kind of face you and hit you. Another day, um, you know, I've had family that my great-grandfather had passed away from kidney disease. Um, My grandmother, who was also had kidney disease, lived with dialysis for about 16 years. Um, And then she passed away about five years ago, something like that. My mom that's here today, she is currently on dialysis with kidney disease. My aunt had a kidney transplant um, because she had kidney disease and was having to go on dialysis all of a sudden. And it was kind of an emergency deal and kind of a, 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 a freaky kind of deal. And all of a sudden they're having to hook her up and put her on and Um, God did an awesome, cool miracle with my uncle that he was a perfect match and they were able to do a transplant and all these things are worked out and she's fine and she's not on dialysis and she's just walking around with, with her husband's kidney and God did some cool things. But all of a sudden I, I'm, I'm in kind of a situation that I'm looking and, and being very aware of my kidneys and my children's kidneys and all the things that are going on and coming up with that. And I'm like, you know, there, there is definitely some. A little bit of paranoia there. And the other day, Casey took my daughter to her three-year checkup, my oldest daughter, Charlie. They went in, and Casey kind of gave her the history of what had happened all throughout the year and what all had gone on. And she said, well, you know, my daughter had a bladder infection this year, and he just started asking some questions and asking about our family's history, and she told him all that I just told you. And he was really alarmed and said, well, you know, we probably need to get her in to do some tests on her, to run some tests. And so my, we have an appointment to run some pretty intrusive tests on my daughter at the age of three years old. And I remember when my wife came in. She told me about it. 
she came in and she told me all that the doctor had to say. And right there in my kitchen, I just put my face in my hands and I just started weeping. I just thought, not this. Not, not my three-year-old daughter named Charlie. And I got mad and I was hurt and afraid and scared and freaked out. In the middle of that kind of all circumstance, I just sat there not really knowing what to do and what to expect. And I'm questioning God going, you know, why is this happening? I, I don't, I don't, this is a situation, this is a circumstance that you know what, God, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why this is happening to my daughter. In the midst of all this stuff and preparing for this sermon and getting ready and all the different things happening, I just came to a point in place in my all circumstance that I may not like the circumstance and I may not like the situation, but I'm a thankful for God who sees my situation. I'm thankful for a God that this situation isn't too much for. That my God is bigger than anything that I might face, that my daughter might face. I'm thankful that my God knows exactly where my daughter is and what she needs. And can I tell you, you may be here and you may be in the middle of an all situation today. You may be in the middle of a situation and circumstance that's just it's not what you want. It's not what you desire. You don't understand why you're there. You don't understand what's going on. But can I tell you, if you can stop looking at just the situation, if you can stop looking at just your circumstance today, and you can look at the one who's bigger than your circumstance, you can look at the one who's bigger than your situation, even though you may not understand, even though it doesn't make sense, if you can look at the one who is your God, and you can give thanks, you're going to find yourself becoming a thankful person. In all circumstances. And in all situations. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you. God, I ask right now that you would just...